I was at the uh, park earlier. I was walking Arrow, mm-hmm. and I saw one of my kind of like favorite archetypes. I saw a, a like frustrated dad due to unathletic son. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. This dude, this dude was just like lobbing out like footballs for his his son who was like eleven, couldn't even run the straight line. Like was couldn't even put his body in the vicinity of the football, nonetheless catch it. And his dad was just like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Like. He was like at one point, like right, his dad was like running in slow motion, making like the motion you'd make to like catch a football, being like, "This is how you do it." I'm like, "You can put that as many eagle sweatshirts on your son as you want, man." The kid is not catching a football. Put, put that kid in some Zumbas, eagle Zumbas. Yeah, it's it's over for him, man. Now, was he cool, South Philly dad, or like South South Philly dad? Yeah. No, he was like hipster South Philly dad. Okay. Um, Probably got into the Eagles like three or four years ago. But man, he probably liked his local team growing up. You know, in the the spot on analysis I could do in the nine <laughs> seconds I observed. Him. Do you think he came from somewhere else, renounced his old fandom? <laughs> you know, you, you say like the nine second analysis, but I, I will say that like I used to be a doorman at a bar and I would just like interact with hundreds and hundreds of people a night. I, I would say like near the end of my tenure. I could like guess an age within a year, usually uh, the gender. Most times I could get uh, four out four out of five. Yeah. Um, and like occupation, I could I could probably have like a seventy five percent hit rate on it, straight up. Just like I yeah. could tell what someone did just by like the way they looked, the way they acted, the way they approached me, the work uniform they had on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Most people just had filthy coveralls on, you know? Uh-huh. No, I no, I could just, like, identify teachers and, like, people who work at big corporations, like, really easily. What's the giveaway for teachers? Um, teachers are usually very polite, straight up. Like, they're usually polite. They're usually with a group of same-gender... Children. Yeah, they usually have. Uh, they, they usually they're, they're leading a field. It's a class trip. Yeah, usually they have like one of those ropes with all the kids hanging on to it. They get off. They usually drive school buses and get no, off. No, um, a lot of them are are women, right? It's just like teaching young children is predominantly a a female uh, job, and uh, not to be sexist or anything. They would always have like three or four people of the same age with them. And they just kind of had a vibe to them. It's, it's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell. You know. Sounds like you've got the gift, though. Oh, I mean, I have, um, I have telepathy. I can read people's minds. Oh, uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Don't tell Fran that shit. But, oh, not funny, man. Not funny. <laughs> but not through computers. So you're safe. Oh, thank God. There's a wall. <laughs> I'm live my life through computers now. <laughs> my worst nightmare. Yeah. I've never felt a kinship with computers. I've always felt like we're just not... Like, I don't think they're going to get me, but we've never been on the same page. Mm. Just not... I don't speak their language. They don't speak mine. So maybe they are. So it's, it's ironic that I've got to take refuge in them now because it's the only thing that will protect me from telepathy. I mean, that's like some real um, Twilight Twilight Zone shit right there. Yeah. It's like that Twilight Zone with the guy's glasses break. That mm-hmm. is just devastating. Awful. Can I ask how you guys feel about really long running fantasy series? Are you pro fantasy series? Like long, long ones, like Wheel of Time shit? Or do you think that like no. three is the optimal book? I think three three is the optimal length of a fantasy series for both narrative reasons and practical reasons. Really? Because you are less and less likely to finish a series the further you have it go. Don't you think? I mean... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely true. I mean, it's hard. It, uh, uh, the longer it is, the harder it is to yeah, keep it going, talk. either at all or at uh, you know your standard of quality. But I do love a, a real long one when uh, when it's hitting right, like uh, Dark Tower. Fucking great. That's a good. You point. get you get a you get uh yeah you get a little like summary of this man's whole writing career in a way. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best of, of ultra-long things. But, I mean, come on. Like, what the fuck do you need 12 books for? Like, what's that, make it a different series. Like, there's just... I don't know. That that is that is too long. I don't think it needs to be that long. I know you are less so, but, like, I'm still rocking with Song of Ice and Fire at, at Dance of Dragons. 
Oh, if I mean, if there was anything to rock, I'd be on board. That's yeah, it, that's it. You know, is he going to be able to fucking pull it off? I don't. I, no, I've, I mean, I think I've the answer decided, is no. I've already decided that I'm not going to buy the next book and read it. Why? Uh, I'm already waiting for. I'm already waiting for Blood and Fire too. That's what a dork I am. <laughs> I'm. You know what it is? I, I just feel like what I feel about Game of Thrones is such like I'm. I'm kind of like over it and i know that's like the book and the show are two different things but i just don't think that i can mine any more joy out of out of the series okay. i bet if a book came out and it was good 30 pages in you would fucking forget the tv show and be like this fucking rules, yeah man. yeah I'm, I'm really hoping that i can like i'll tell you what this is something you guys struggle with this so and also this is relevant i just started reading dune again now, Dune's a great example of what you're talking about because, like, it gets crazier and crazier <laughs> as it goes on. If you want that stuff, which maybe sometimes I do, then it's great. It's there for you. But it's also, like, you could pretty much stop Dune whenever you want, and it's fine. You're not going to be waiting on any cliffhangers or anything like that. Like, if you want to stop at Dune 1, you just read a great um, encapsulated work of science fiction with a beginning, middle, and end. And mm. you don't even even have to think about the rest of them but if you want to go all the way to fucking chapter house or heretics or whatever it's there for you if you want to make that fifty thousand year isn't it like something ridiculous like ten thousand years in the future or something like it spans very very far in the future yeah yeah but that's not really a single series though right that's more of like a shared world no it's that it's definitely a linear series. series yeah um there are like now like his son has written like mad like prequels and stuff that are all over that would be more like what you're talking about but there's a clear line for all the frank herbert ones but oh yeah what i was gonna say though is that like just because of like fucking like memes and shit i didn't even see the david lynch movie that much but i've been seeing mad dune memes lately and like i'm really having trouble i'm struggling with getting the the film's um images of the characters that I don't really like out of my head and like letting them like take on whatever form my mind will give them. And I'm really, I'm concerned that when I jump back into song of ice and fire, uh, I'm going to have a lot of dumb faces. I don't like in my head, but a lot of them are really good and it'll be fine. There's also a lot more characters in the books, uh, in the song and fire and ice, like what the show combined a lot of characters together yeah. or outright excluded them yeah a few i i don't know i just like it's been 10 years almost 10 years yeah it's been a, been a long time yeah it's been a while did you guys read did you guys read the uh, patrick rothfuss yes books? and they're my fucking favorite fantasy novels i'm saying that those books are really good and that's a guy who needs to put out the next book because yes. he's been stuck at two books now for a long time what are his ones uh the king Killer? name of the wind yeah I forgot what the second. I one mean, was. the the title the title of the series is the King Killer Chronicles, right? Yeah, which is like a dumb fantasy name, but that is, is actually like he's a phenomenal writer. He turns really good phrases, but it's been it's been like eight or nine years since the second book. Mm. And did you read that weird novella about that girl? Uh, uh the Quiet Regard of the Slow Things, or or something like yeah. that. The, the yeah, I think the Slow Things are quiet. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. That uh, I did not. I didn't either. It didn't interest me. A friend of mine read it, and it seemed to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And it was him, I think, experimenting with like a weird writing style and being kind of like artsy. Yeah. Which, whatever. I mean, he doesn't write anything else. Like, no, that's the only shit he's written. And it's like you, you hit two home runs, and you're afraid you're going to like hit a single or strike out. That happened. That's why. That's the danger of writing a series. Like, and did you guys read um, Johnson Strange and Mister Gnarl? No. The Susanna Clark book. It's really, it's a great book. Um, and that's also someone who's written one book. But she at least had the foresight to not write. It's one book is what it is. It's not a fucking, no editor or book house talked her into writing like a series or something. It's one fucking long book. So if she never writes another book, it's just a shame because she never wrote another book. But you're not like left hanging. And, you know, more and more, I kind of like that approach. Yeah. Just put it all out. Or even like when uh, Alan Moore with that Jerusalem. Like it's massive. Like it could be multiple books. But he just wrote it over however many years and then released it all at once. 
It's one. It's one gigantic book. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm getting more to that. Like, I'd rather have a beginning, middle, and end. Where I'm at. Like, as I get older and like my reading time becomes like a more at a premium, I feel like I get mm-hmm. more out of just like one good 600 page book rather than you know 1400 pages of you know bullshit bullshit yeah same here i mean if it's not good you don't want to fucking read that much shit and i'm like i almost never give up on books either that's another problem i've only ever walked away i think from one book ever i did recently i don't walk away from time but i walked away from uh generation x the douglas coupon book recently what's that about um it's like, uh, you know, kind of like people in like their mid to late 20s. It takes place in like their early 90s. It's from then. Just kind of like meandering through life, being fed up with like the world. It's like, I mean, it's called Generation X. Sure. It's, uh, and it just wasn't good. Yeah. You know, and I know it's like a very well-regarded book, but like it just didn't, it didn't grab me. I read maybe 60, 70 pages. And it's not even that long. It's probably not even 200 pages. And I was just like, I just don't want to slog my way through the rest of this. Yeah. So I put it down. No shame in putting down a book. I gave up on this, like, I don't even remember what it was called, the fractal something. It was, like, hard, hard sci-fi. And I was like, this is just too much for me. This is too much. Like, uh, too too hard to follow. Too much space nonsense. Uh, Too much, like, quantum computing shit. And it was, like, really obscure and really hard to follow. I was like, fuck this. I'm just not getting anything out of this. Sometimes you gotta pull a plug, and that's fine. It's true. Pull that ripcord. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with a forest fire. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing wrong with a forest fire. It's something you gotta kill something to get something good going on, man. If you're just gonna like, oh, I see. Read a book that's gonna take you twelve times as long because you hate it. Just fucking burn it down and get one you like. And you know, forest fires, new life that comes. I see where I see the metaphor you're going for there. You, I got you. Now, you yeah. stretched it a little bit. <laughs> you stretched it, but it was good. I'm talking oh, about man. talking about the the role of fires in the life cycle of coniferous trees. Yeah, there you go. See, that doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> the same way. I'm saying forest uh, fire. You know, before we get into the game, I, I'll say, um, Fran, I saw sick of it all, and they were electrifying. Oh yeah, they were <laughs> they good. Were- no, electrifying. Not- <laughs> Oh hell yeah! How was Napalm Death? Did they kick ass? Uh, I listened to like two songs and split. I really yeah. wanted to see uh, Municipal Waste, who were like rock? on fire, dude. They were on fire. It was awesome. That's dope. They, they're so they were cool. so good. What a good That's name, a- Municipal Waste. <laughs> it is. It's really good. Uh, it was just a weird bill. It was a really weird bill. I didn't see the first band. Um, I think they were called like Take Offense or something. I, I don't know if if any of you if any of you guys are in that band. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> don't take offense. Don't, please don't take offense. And Sick of It All was good. You know they haven't changed in 20 years or 25 years. Yeah, which is fine. Like I, I could get down with that. Keeps me young. But like Municipal Waste was just like if I was like 110 pounds lighter, I would have considered crowd surfing. Like nice. <laughs> there are some fucking gnarly vests though. The gnarliest vests you've ever seen in your life. Oh yeah, that's some vest metal for oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a whole genre of vest metal. Uh, I've heard I've heard people describe be. something describe some kind of heavy metal as vest metal, but I wasn't totally sure what they meant. And I think it was kind of derisive. One time uh we went tubing in the Pine Barrens. With like a massive group of people, probably like forty or fifty, a whole bunch of like West Philly punks. <laughs> and there was this one fucking kid who was probably I don't know, he was probably like eighteen, and he had like his vet, he had like his vest on the whole time that we his were battle doing. vest. And, yeah, he had it all, man. And, and so you know, you stop a couple ta- times, and people hang out like on the, along the edges or whatever for a little bit. And I guess at one point we stopped, and then we started moving. And then like ten minutes later, he realized he had like left his vest behind. Dude, you gotta <laughs> go was, back for that. Dude, he was like crying, and he was like, "I lost my punk rock vest. I lost my punk rock vest." <laughs> dude, I mean, he probably put hours into sewing all them patches like, on, putting the, the studs on lamest. there. <laughs> Lamest shit I ever heard. You know it's not punk rock, man. That fucking vest ran away from you if it knew the way you were acting. You didn't lose that shit. Oh my it was God. like I can't be on this guy's back. He's trying to find someone who truly deserves it. A real fucking punk. 
roaming the thorn bushes of the Pine Barrens. <laughs> yeah, they're out there. Where, those piney punks. That's where you find them, man. Piney power. Shout out to uh, Friendship Mountain, the fucking punk rock house venue in the Pine Barrens. John Gutschall, he's the man. Well, anyway, hey guys, we make we play a game, and we got lots of listeners. Mm-hmm. People chatting us up. They want to know what's going on. I can't even walk down the street these days without. Hey, Joe, when's that next episode coming out? Hey, Joe, what you going to do in the fucking game? Hey, Joe, why don't you quit that bullshit already? <laughs> the thing, honestly, that pisses me off the most, though, is the fu- the bootleg merch. Dude, like, they can't even I let know. us make a money money on our own it's shit. We got to deal with all these bootleggers. Man. It's fucked up. Come on, guys. We're just trying to make a buck out here. I quit my job. I support my kids on this shit. Right? <laughs> You're taking money. You're taking food out of Jeff's kids' mouth. I got to keep them you... in uh, novelty t-shirts and sweatpants. You, you, want, you, you just want to take that away from them? That's it. We should. We should make this game could be your life sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> that should be that the, mer- be the merch sick, we actually. make. Let's do that would it. Be I'm for it. I think it would be popular. Yeah, we'll do it. <clears throat> All right. After this episode, we'll uh, get cracking on that merch. <laughs> so, the two of you, Carl, Kurt, you've descended down into the basement of Father Minocchio's church. Um, he didn't want you to go. He didn't want you to go, Carl. He knows what you're going down there for. He's not in support of it. You threatened him. A man who's he's been a, an ally to you. You didn't really have any uh, problems about pushing him out of the way. You went down. You found the secret door located behind the the 10th station of the cross. cross. Jesus being stripped of his clothes. You pushed it aside, found the the passage down. Frescoes leading down. um, This kind of darkly lit staircase stone going beneath the church. And uh, you guys find yourselves in a hallway here. Looking down, there's a large figure at the end. Dressed as like... uh, a jailer. He's got simple monk's attire on, rope around his waist. He's got one of those tonsure, bald haircuts going on. And uh, you've told him that you want to get past him. That door that's behind him is where you want to get. He's not feeling it. He's drawing a glowing weapon. Looked like a sword at first. Now it's kind of shifted a little bit. It's more of like a string of light, maybe some kind of mace or flail, a holy water sprinkler. Something like that. Where you get, that was a weapon in first edition Dungeons Dragons, by the way. A holy water, a holy Fuck, water spring. Blanking on the name. There's definitely a Catholic ass name for that. Like a pessingulum, Some like, like something that, like yeah. that, right? Some Latin. Yeah, it does. It does have a, a a weird name. So you guys are both down there, Kurt. You've transformed into your strongest, most demonic form yeah. that there is. What's it like? Um, you know, it's my uh, it's my most princely form. You know, fucking a prince among insect demons. Um, my, Never a king, though. Always a yeah, prince. because I'm, um, you know, I work for somebody. <laughs> um, you know, it's like it's just like imagine like this like jet black shining armor, um, that that looks like a living thing, but also has the look of uh, of plate of plate armor. Um, that involves my whole body, turns my, my hands into strong clawed things. Um, the face is like an expressionless mask of, of, uh, of regal, um, justice and, and, um, you know, nobility. Um, it's sort of a tall helmet, almost like, like imagine like a, like a Goliath beetle sort of thing that comes out of its head, like coming out the top of mine. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like that kind of shit. Um, <laughs> You're menacing, imposing, stately. You barely fit I know. in this stone and, corridor. You know, normally, you know, I like to have my long... Punched over a little bit. Normally, I like to have my long lance, um, but in this case... Um, you know, I manifest my power in a, in a uh, shorter sword. I mean, okay, you've got yeah. it. Um, and this guy at the end of the hallway, he's an older but stout-looking priestly monk figure. Um, he's got his glowing weapon, and you do notice the big key on a chain around his neck. And behind him, sure enough, 
There's a door, big wooden door, iron lock mechanism built into it. The hallway here is illuminated, like the, the steps you came down. There's a couple little recessed areas with bowls and what you presume would be holy water or something um, resting over there. But you've got this guy's attention. Yeah. Um, I'm also, um, I'm going to take corruption to choose an extra thing. I'm taking a demonic weapon. I'm taking uh, inflict plus one harm, and I'm inflicting. I'm taking gain armor plus one, just so you got that out of the way. Um, yeah, so I got that guy's attention. I'm like, hand over that key, jailer. Uh, Ara, I don't think that you belong down here. <laughs> I think you two gentlemen better be leaving. Mayor Quimby, it, this is not a place for you. <laughs> <laughs> look here okay we're gonna take that no matter what i don't think you can really stop us you know you can't look at this guy he's a giant princely uh insect demon i have stopped many men over the years i am saint artemius the patron saint of jailers you do not get a name like that or a reputation by being a pushover <laughs> once once again i will suggest the two of you you two gentlemen leave Arod, this is not a place for you. Oh my god, yo, he's real. I'm on Wikipedia. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um Okay. I uh I have like my shotgun in like a little case on my on my back that I carry it in. Almost like a um like a pool cue case. I swing it around and get it out in like one one motion. It's like a big. He doesn't even blink. His eyes. You both feel like they're focused entirely on you, which you know. I mean, it's impossible because there's two of you. But you both feel like he's just staring at. And now that you guys see him, his features have like shifted a little bit, and he looks like older, but like battle hardened. You see scars on him. His fingers and hands are like gnarled and calloused. And he's just staring at you. You should not take another step forward. Artemius, you cannot stand against the Prince of Hell, arrayed as I am in my battle armor. You are not the first Prince of Hell that has stood before me. So yes, in fact, I can stand in front of you. <laughs> I'm doing so right now. Voice. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I have to take a step. And then I, I point my shotgun out his knee and just... Blow it, kneecap him, dude. Why don't you roll your blood? Kneecap his ass. Uh, I rolled a ten. Yo, you should say you have um, you have one of those No Country for Old Men shotgun silencers, so it makes that scary sound. (laughs) Yeah, I have one of those uh, No Country for Old Men shotgun silencers. Oh, cool! Yeah, you've had that the whole time, right? Makes a real scary sound. All right, so what do you, uh, so you inflict harm and then you could choose a terrible harm or take something from them. Um, shit, do I want to take his gun? He does not, or his, his weapon. Yeah, I want to take no, his no, weapon. Just kill him, take his dude, weapon. kill him. We'll take all that shit when he's dead. All right, I want to do yeah. plus one harm, I want to do terrible harm. Yeah, fuck it. Ter- terrible harm. Let's go to dark side. All right, so you uh, blast into this guy's kneecap. It's been a minute since you've had a good kneecapping. Um, <laughs> you've been looking forward to this. You lay into him. His kneecap explodes. You do see as the the shotgun is, is going towards it, though, there is like a shimmer of like golden energy around him, and your, your ammo does make it through that. Um, but there is something there exor- uh, absorbing some of this. Um, but it tears into him pretty good. He staggers, kind of like just dangling um, flesh from about like his mid-thigh down. Blood nice. pouring out of him. Um, the blood is thicker than you'd expect, and there's like a gold tinge to it as well. And when it hits the ground, it starts to like congeal and pool together. And you see it almost immediately start to like snake towards his feet. Um, and then maybe start to crawl up his shin, almost like he wants to reform or something like that. Uh, but he takes a good chunk of the... You said six arm? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, that's what a vampire hunter does, okay? Yeah, I guess he, he was a vampire, uh, I, right? 
<laughs> I, uh, and as he I, he's falling back, um, and the hallway's not too wide, he sticks out an arm to support himself, and with his free arm, he lashes with like this golden thing, which suddenly like extends to the length of a of like a golden whip, and it's coming right at your face. You hear a chorus of angels kind of sounding out as it approaches your ears. Oh, trumpets blaring <laughs> as it gets close to your dome piece. What are you doing, Carl? Uh, I'm going to, um, try to like bat it away with my, can I jump in in front with my, uh, with my demonic uh... sword to counter his angelic whip? Um, no, make a, you can get at him next, but make uh, Carl have to survive this. Um, it was, it was quick. Um, the whip comes around. So keep your cool or do you have that thing that lets you use blood instead of cool? Yeah, because I, I'm assuming we're on the hunt right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, right? you came here for a definitive purpose. Yeah. I'd say that you're on the hunt. Sure. So I can roll with blood instead of spirit, which, again, none of this makes sense. So, oh boy. I just rolled a, uh, uh, that is an 11, a 14. Ooh. He probably shouldn't have had it for, the trumpets might have been too much. You really, you really knew it was coming. Maybe the angels, they were kind of soft. They could have snuck by. The trumpets, though, too much. And this, like, glowing band of light goes past your head. Um, and you move out of the way. It scrapes against the wall, kind of sizzling. Leave a bunch of scorched stone um, where you were just a moment ago. And then the thing kind of recoils, retracts into his one free hand. The other, he's supporting himself. Blood pouring onto the ground. Joan Juan is not a fair fight. <laughs> Kurt, it, hey, it is your turn. I just Kurt. did the best I could. I just did the best I could there, Kurt. Why don't you uh, go cut his head off or something? Yeah, I'm going to come in and go for a straight stab right at his throat. Saint Artemius, he's uh, lined up for you there, Kurt. Right, let me look, let your... me go to his death section in Wikipedia. <laughs> it says here he's still alive. <laughs> really? Oh. Um, it says that his death encouraged the people of Alexandria to kill George. I don't know which George. <laughs> Washington. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, he gets killed by, uh, oh, he got killed by, um, Emperor Julian the Apostate. I never even heard of him. This is probably, like, late. Yeah, just, uh, late, later late Roman history. Um... So uh, yeah, I guess I right had in. to I had to I had to dig a little to find a jailer saint. It, it wasn't as easy as I thought. It would be. Anyway, so you, what is so you have like a short sword? Um, yeah, you know what? Let's make it like a Roman broadsword, just to <laughs> oh, in your face. Yeah. Um, looks like I got a uh, a ten here. So do your harm and then inflict terrible harm or take something from them? Um, and I'll just do terrible harm. You step forward, take advantage of this guy and his weakened state, his leg blown off. Lunge forward with your gladius or whatever kind of Roman <laughs> style weapon they have. Um, and he goes and he sees you coming and kind of rips, grips the, the blade of it as you're looking to drive it into him. Oh, I am not a Roman. <laughs> the, the accent should have should have tipped you off. But but as you're doing that, you just continue to drive the blade through, and you see this gold tinted blood kind of squirt pouring out of his hands, and you just drive it through. Um, and our team is just sort of locks eyes with you as you just keep pushing and pushing. Um, and you feel him trying to hold it in place, uh, but you're stronger than he is. And eventually, you hear the clink as your sword drives through him and batters against or pokes up against the stone wall behind you and he has stopped moving kind of gripping the sword you still feel like some tension you're not quite sure what state he's in but his eyes are locked onto you he's got your blade buried in his stomach he appears to no longer be moving i take his uh his key and his and his weapon can I touch his weapon uh, does it like burn the weapon fell the weapon fell to the ground when he grabbed your sword um, and it is it is there. It's kind of just like a shaft of light. It doesn't look like it has a handle, um, anything like that. And you saw it kind of morph into a whip, a sword, 
uh, a holy water sprinkler, but it's lying there um, at your feet. The chain is is heavy, um, thick chain around his neck. The key is there. You give a tug on it. It doesn't want to leave his neck. I do want to cut his head off anyway to take it home to my boss because the saint's head is a pretty fucking nice artifact. You can do all kinds of shit with that. Make Probably make true. those fuckers sing like a canary after they die. Um, so I'm just going to cut his head off with my sword. Okay. Uh, he does not want to let go of your sword. He lo- He's dead. He's not moving. But like your sword is like gripped up. Hmm. Can I activate his weapon and do a and do a sword? Are you gonna Are you gonna touch I'm it? I touch it. Um. You reach out and touch the weapon, and your hand just starts to sizzle. Oof, I knew um, it. The moment that you touch it, um, and you take a point of harm. Okay. Does Does I my armor block I walk it? Over and- no, it does not. Damn. It is eight. It is eight AP I, I, damage. It is armor penetrating damage. I I I try to grab it. You try to grab it, Carl. What do you think is going to happen, Carl? I don't know. I'm going to find out. I'm warning. I'm, I'm. My bet here is that this guy here is like a demon type. He can't touch these holy weapons. I myself have a blessed uh, baton that I carry around everywhere, and it will go anywhere without it. So I, you know, I'm taking. A, I'm rolling the dice here. You reach forward, grab this thing. It burns. Burns your. No! Burns your hand. Um, and you hear a voice in your head. We judge men by who they are and what they have done. You are not worthy. I, uh, with my offhand, I, uh, I pull my pistol out and I just empty the clip into his body. Yeah, his, 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 like, his, his headless body. Oh, no, you haven't tr- cut his head off because you haven't uh, used a weapon yet. But yeah, you empty some slugs into it. He's still on the ground just gripping the sword that ended his life, his glowing weapon next to him. You take a point of damage as well, Carl. And you guys both have like these big nasty scars now um, on your palm. That sucks. Um, I'm going to try to wrench my sword out of his hands one more time. Sure. Why don't you roll your uh, roll your heart? My heart? Yeah, why not? I got a 10. It comes out. Nice. You feel it cut the skin again. That's kind of start to like regrow, is the impression you get. Yeah, that's why we gotta um, cut the head off right now. So, so I do so immediately. It's not easy. It's thick. He's short necked, but you do get his head off. His eyes stay wide the entire time, and you're pretty sure they're like watching you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, when you take the key, you know the his head off. The key just tumbles on the chain right off, and it's there. Now you're in this this hallway. Mm-hmm. The lights have kind of been like flickering a little bit too since you uh, took up arms against Artemius, but it's still lit down here, dark, shadowy, maybe a little more shadowy than before. But now you've got this key at the end of the hallway. There's this large wooden uh, door. Banned it with some iron. It's got the big mechanism for the lock inside of it. The key, big key, big lock. They probably work together. Hey, hey, before uh, before we go in there, can you do me a favor and cut his hand off there? Yeah, which one? Uh, let's go with his right hand. Okay, I cut his right hand off. Uh, I use that hand to grab his weapon and throw it in my back. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you take it. You bend the fingers um, around this thing. And it's it's maybe like... A foot long, uh, 15 inches, something like that, in like its glowing state. Um, you toss it in your bag, um, and it's in there. Cool. Nice. Hang on to that hand, because we don't want yeah, to get that with, back. What are you doing with the hand? Um, I use it to kind of like get an itch on my back first, and then I just toss it onto the ground. I try to okay. do like a funny joke that you do with like a fake hand at Halloween, where I, I, have, I have Kurt shake my hand. <laughs> and when he does it, I let go of his of the hand. Good fight, Kurt. Good fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, real it's a great joke. Everyone loves it. Little levity. Hilarious. All right, all right. I guess we go in this door here. I mean, we we already killed one of God's beautiful creatures. You know, mm-hmm. one of God's own foot soldiers. Um. So I uh, I open the door with the key. You go in. There's no light. 
inside. The light, when you open the door, some light shines in. And you look into a very small six by six, maybe stone cell. Nothing in it. Except for a figure. Standing against the wall. After a moment of looking into the room, realize he's not standing. He's actually pinned to the wall. It's a big piece of wood through the chest of this thing. Um, it appears to be like a pretty old black guy. He's bu- dressed in clothes that would probably place him from the 1970s. He's got grayed out hair, emaciated, super thin, and just kind of placed against the wall with his wooden stake through him. Huh, he hasn't been down here that long by vampire standards. I thought we were going to see some um, some ancient shit. Well, what? how do you want to play this? You know, we could deliver him to his baby boy with the stake in him. Then we don't risk him uh, waking up and, and hurting us in his groggy rage. Um, what do I know about, like, transferring vampires like this? Could I just, like, spit something off the dome? Like, yeah, why don't you roll, uh, it's about vampires. Why don't you roll your, um, your knight? My knight. Nine. So what do you want to know about? Well, you, you, I mean, it seems unlikely that he's dead based on the fact that Marshawn wanted you to come and get him. Um, you, you are, you're a vampire hunter, in some, at least uh, by profession. Um, and you look at the, the stake, and it's the type of stake that won't necessarily kill you. And you can see the way it's placed in, through his, in his chest. He's in like a state of it's like frozen death, life, whatever. Um, pulling this thing out would most likely bring him to. He also looks very emaciated. He probably hasn't fed in a really long time. Okay, here's what we're going to do here, Kurt. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep this thing in there. All right, that's an excellent idea. He's in a state of the almost like stasis there. You know, it's like a near fatal wound to him. We take this thing out. This is a vampire that hasn't fed in 40 years, 40 plus years. He could do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he could turn into some weird creature, some weird 70s bat. We're not doing that. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to take him out. We're going to keep him as is. We're going to throw him in the back of the truck, throw a tarp on him, deliver him. Yeah, I love that idea. That's why you got to pick up, right? For moving yeah. fucking <laughs> half dead vampires around. We're gonna we're gonna weekend and burning them out the door. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get them in the car, deliver them. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's do it. Let's get them off the wall. All right. Yeah, I I gingerly like pull him off while keeping the stake or piece of wood inside of him. What you're able to do, the wood, uh, the it's a wooden stake, but it's somehow broken into the stone. Um, you know it's an enchantment, the way it's made, something like that. So it's not super shocking to you. But you pull it out of it, and this thing, though, is still firmly in his chest. He weighs not much at all. And looking at the guy, I mean, if you saw this guy walking down the street, you'd think he was like a sick, elderly black guy in 75, 80 years old, something like that. Um, he's got on a tracksuit. Like a cool 1970s tracksuit. Nice. Um, yeah, and he's he. You know, he would collapse to the ground if it were, wasn't for you supporting him. Looking at his face now, you move him a little bit, get some more light on him. He bears a striking resemblance to Marshawn Jackson. Okay, let's get him to the car here, Kurt. Yep, let's get him out real carefully. Yep. So you start to make your way out. You go up the steps. The area where you came in. Door, the wall has been closed back up. Uh-oh. Probably only only been down here five minutes, but it has closed up. Look around for a mechanism to open it with. Is there a knob, um, a button? You don't see one, but you see how it all works. Like, there's no specific thing. You could probably just push it, make it swing open or something, is your guess. The, the You know, the hidden mechanism to it was, was on the outside. But you see, like, it's not like an arm. It pushes open. So I push it open. Push it open. Opens into middle of the night, empty church at 5th and Gerard. Mm -hmm. Then a moment later, you see a little flicker of flame. Looks like a lighter lighting up a cigar. 
the flame illuminates the face. It's Father Minocchio. Mm-hmm. Sees the two of you guys step through there with the body of this guy that was downstairs. Sure you want to do this, Carl? Hey, man. You, you sure know, you I got want to smoke cigar. in a church? You know what? After tonight, I'm not sure there's going to be a church. You burn the thing who, down? I'm not going to. But that guy right there that you got? He's a terror, man. It's the only thing. That leverage we had him down there was the only thing keeping your friend at bay. When he's got nothing to be worried about, when nothing's holding anyone over Marshawn's head, it's going to be real bad news around here. I don't know what they told you, what they promised you, Carl. This ain't going to be good. Look, I got I to gotta pick what's right for the city and the greater good. What, who is this helping? What is the greater good here? Look, I mean, we, we, we talked about this. There's you a... don't like... The, you got to get over the parade, Carl. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's it's all just do it. a lot of garbage. It's a lot of garbage. You just don't have to watch it. <laughs> they probably won't even have a TV contract. I think the Sugar House has done sponsoring it, much like Southwest Airlines before them. No one wants a piece of this parade. Just let it go. You don't even live in South Philly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's pretty bad, okay? Look, I got to pick the greater good here, you know? They're turning the city into a hellhole. I can deal with Marshall Jackson later. That's what you think. I can't do anything if I'm dead. Well, then, I'll go what? You know what, Carl? You do what you got to do. I can't stop you. Yeah. As um, And you got this, this demon with you. Oh, that's because va- vampires part. weren't vampires weren't enough. He's a pretty good guy. <laughs> You're like a monstrous demon with a, <laughs> a, a, a good guy. A bloody sword. You're holding the head of Saint Artemis. <laughs> yeah, you know maybe what we did there wasn't a good guy. <laughs> maybe that's not good guy material, but it was. But not that bad. As as I walk by, I, uh, you know, Father, you got like some sort of wine stain or something on your shirt. And I like kind of point to it. Um, why don't you roll your mind <laughs> for this ruse? Ten, <laughs> a ten. He lo- he looks down at it. I give him the boop on the nose, <laughs> like, <sighs> and I will, I just walk out with Marchand's uh, dad. He shakes his head, disappointed. You see a tear, maybe two, roll down his face. Takes another puff on cigar, another swig of his Christian Brothers brandy as he watches you <laughs> drag this body out into the night. You step out. You'd come in previously through the rectory to see Father Minocchio. Now there's no point there. You just step out the double doors out onto the street directly from the church. You see your pickup truck parked there. You also see parked directly across the street from you. There's a hearse. It's got city license plates. It's white. With one of those like city's insignias um, on the door, leaning against it, it's Marshawn Jackson. Wow, he came oh. out for this himself. You know, I don't. Why didn't you just hey hey Marshawn? I waved to him from across the street. Hey hey <laughs> yeah hey Marshawn. Yeah, I see. Hey <laughs> Marshawn Marshawn. We got we got him. Yeah yeah. Why don't you come on pops? Why don't you bring him over here? Yeah sure. And you start to walk him out of the church, bring him over in that direction. As you do, you hear off in the distance, like, howling dogs. You see, like, a big thing of black kind of go over you. And you look up, and it's a, a whole, like, colony of bats momentarily darkening the sky. You're pretty sure you hear, like, revving engines of dirt bikes coming from all different parts of the city as you walk into the street um, with this body. Marshawn. Um, kind of signals and two other guys come out of the hearse they open up the back of it wheel out a coffin on a gurney and start to bring it towards you I pulled a stake out while this is happening okay he, uh, he, he you guys have him like weekend at Bernie style and he immediately um, jumps up there's like a, a bolt of energy that shocks through this guy um, he stumbles after a moment though you could tell his body is weak uh, but his eyes light up Yellowed with age, probably disease, sickness, uh, but the good kind, the kind that he really feeds on and enjoys. And he sees Marshawn, Marshawn sees him, they walk over to each other, 
Marshawn gives him a big embrace. Yeah, we got you, Pops. We're going back to the way things were now. Then the guys with the coffin come over and real like tin, like tenderly lift them, lift, uh, open up the lid of the thing. It's nice. This is a fucking nice coffin. Uh, the inside looks real sweet. You take a nap in there. They real gently place him in there, put the lid back on. Oh man! Just start to bring, start to bring him over to the hearse. Well, Carl, Kurt, looks like you boys did all right tonight. I guess we can call it even, huh? Yeah, I guess we can. So listen, Mr. Jackson, what are, we, what are you going to do about those, the, the mummers? Well, you know, we're trying to take care of that parade. Shut it down. We'll, take, we'll handle that. But I got what my about, pops back in town now. What about the garbage strike? We'll settle that in due time. Won't be a problem. And just more stuff for people to clean up, you know, keeps people working. Hey, I got an offer for the two of you. You guys want some nice cushy union jobs? Get a pension? Work with the city? How's that feel to the two of you? You won't have to do a goddamn thing. Carl, your vampire hunting days, you can kiss them goodbye. It's sort of like... 75, 75 grand a year. It ain't perfect. It'll keep you going. Pension? Retire young whenever you want. And the best part? You're going to work for sanitation. You don't even need to show up. What do you boys think about that? Yeah, I'll take that deal. <laughs> Great. I don't have to do anything. Like, literally, I don't have to do anything. You just pay me. Call a supervisor once a week or something. It's on the city, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll take that job. Yeah, absolutely. So then you're going to hang up your other job, though. I don't know. I mean, Carl, you're kind of like a, a more like a vampire EMT now than a vampire <laughs> hunter, you know? Look, 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 look. I'm not making anyone promises, right? I don't know you shit. We're even. We're even now, my friend. I got a lot of thinking I need to do. Well, this offer's not going to sit around. You want to work for me? Work for the city? And not do a goddamn thing? Get a little money in your pocket? Be taken care of? Shit, you can buy, buy yourself a house in the Northeast one day. Marshawn, is it good, like, it, Carl? is it not do a goddamn thing or is it not do a goddamn thing until you need something done? You won't be doing much. I'll tell you what, Monday morning at 8.30, you're still sleeping. <laughs> sounds, pretty, sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It does sound good. Look, I'll get back to you on the job, all right? All right, well, I got some catching up to do with my pops. Ooh, what about, what about the, you know... I look around. The dark gift. Is that on the table? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Is that something you're interested in? Oh, don't do that. Don't do that, Kurt. You already got this whole thing. You're a bug guy. You don't want to be a vampire bug guy. Uh, We could do a twofer, Carl. (laughs) You know, I could be, you know. That's double power. I like your style. Let me think that one over, Marshawn. I don't know. You like it, huh? You like being a... I'll tell you what, Being man. a man of the night? It's the fucking best. That's pretty cool. How often do you need to feed? I mean, between you and I, I'm feeding two, three, four times a day what I want. <laughs> Damn. How do you I'm keep, get, your, how I'm, you keep I'm your finger? I'm you getting it so all skinny? over. I'm getting it all over, man. You know what the best part is? Sometimes you feed... And then you look, and you're like, fuck, man. And then you just turn into a bat, and you just fly the fuck away. <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to deal with shit, man. People giving you looks, asking about the dark gift, shit like that, man. They all want a piece of it. But you, Kurt, I think you're all right. I think you could benefit working from the city, and the city could benefit having you as an employee. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. He's, got, he's already got a job, though. He works for someone named Tom Fape. Yeah, it's a good job too. Well, he can always, he can always quit that job because this job's better. I mean, lots of people have two jobs. Has there ever? And you really only got one when it's this. Oh, I see. So I couldn't, um, I couldn't be a man of the wild and a man of the night. I mean, we, we could try. 
We could try it out. We could see a little pilot program, a little um, cultural exchange, demonic union of, 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 you know, a demonic vampiric union. That'd be pretty cool, huh? That would be. What do you think? You say Tom, you say Tom Fabe, huh? Yeah, he's, I think a, I heard of that he's guy. a big entrepreneur, real estate developer. I should connect you two. You could probably do some big things together. Oh, I must be thinking of something different. I was thinking of a Uber driver. <laughs> hey, he he's nothing if not a hustler, Mr. Jackson. Okay. All right. I like that. Everyone's got to have their hustle. Mm-hmm. You know what they say, scared money don't make money. <sighs> My boss knows that better than anybody. Speaking of which, I got to uh, take this little souvenir to him, and I show him the head of St. Artemius. <laughs> Get it in, my man. <laughs> you know, you know what kind of stuff you can do with a saint's head, right, Mister Jackson? <laughs> oh boy, you uh, you got a use for that? Uh, my boss does. I'm sure. I'll take that. I could take that off your hands. I'm sorry, it's spoken for. Like I told you. What do you What do you want? You could talk to uh, Mister Fabe about it, and I give him okay. I give him his business card. What about that uh, that man inside, the father? Uh, hey, Minocchio, Pinocchio. What's that motherfucker's name? Hey, why don't you just, you know, I think you're settled with him, all right? We killed us. Wasn't his safety part of the deal here? Yeah, I'm just asking what's up with him. He's a broken-ass Catholic priest. He doesn't, what are you going to get out of him? So he's like all the rest. Yeah, I mean, yes. (laughs) Yes, he kind of is like all the rest. No, he tried to, when you were in there, he tried to suck your dick. He he said, "You guys mind if I jerk off in front of you?" What did you say? I don't mind. Hey, your house, you know, Mikasa, Sukasa, you know. <laughs> He's like, "You mind if I crank this holy hog here in front of you, young boys?" <laughs> this is terrible. This is awful. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that note. Um, I'm gonna get out of here, fellas. Y'all have a great night, and I'll. Uh, you too. Now, gen- now, gentlemen, this offer won't be around forever. But you take some time. You think about it, because Carl, I know you and I come from different worlds. But I got a need for a man like you. You see, a place like this place, the gestures to the church. I can't go in there, but there are other people like this, other brothers and sisters of mine, being held up the same way my dear old dad was. And we got some work do that's something you want in on we can put you to work you got to leave you got to leave the other shit behind i remember pension all the holidays overtime jewish holidays too all of them we even got some we made up some shit and people don't even ask what it is (laughs) (laughs) hey when are you going to abolish columbus day mr jackson we get that day off. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess. You know what I'm saying? That takes priority over everything. Hey, Carl, what if you didn't like give up your job exactly? You just added a word to the title. What if you were a vampire hunter hunter? <laughs> I mean, I it, like is, it is my evolution. <laughs> or a vampire doctor. You could put the gun down. <laughs> just combine my love of... Just, I just want to help people, you know? <laughs> I just want to help people. Yeah. Well, you've always be in touch. Uh, you can count on And I'm going gonna, I'm to keep pushing that legislation about the mummers. Because I hear what you're saying. And I don't like the filth. They got a bunch of white boys cleaning up that shit. We want to send the city in there to take care of all this stuff. And they're trying to do it a different way. So we'll shut them down. And may, if it's not this year, year after... Maybe the year after that. We'll... Yeah. Um, do you want us to um, shoot up one of their uh, places with a rocket? Yeah, oh, I, think that w- I think that would be great. Would that be helpful or would that just get in the way? No, I think that would be helpful. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> well, I think our work here is done, Kurt. Yeah. Good night. Why don't you go the... Deliver that head there to Tom Fabe. Mm-hmm. I got I got some business to attend to on my own. Okay. So uh, Marshawn and company they pack up the hearse. 
Get ready to head out of there. You guys head back to the pickup truck. Uh, you have a ticket from the PPA while you were talking. Uh, while you were talking to Marshawn, the PPA came by and gave you a ticket. And you know what? They were right. You were in a loading zone. And you've been there. The conversation went a little bit longer. Um, and you've got a ticket now. It's $55. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, the single most effective uh, government organization of all, you know, of all time, probably, in the whole country. Not a, not a government organization. What are like CDA? private right? company. They're a private company contracted by the city. That's great. Yeah, it's so weird. It's very, very, it kind of explains their like somewhat efficient ruthlessness. There's no way Philadelphia could run something that thorough. Yeah. It's just absolutely impossible. I parked my car once, like probably a foot past like the no parking sign, like my bumper. And I went inside to like get coffee or something, like right out in front of the, um, Oh, what the fuck is that? The customs house? You know, where you get your look at passports and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, 15 minutes. Second in market. Or second in Chestnut? Yeah. 15 minutes, Toad. Wow, Toad. toad that sucks. Yeah. The to- yeah, that means you were in it because you were in a bus spot. Maybe. I don't, yeah, That's I why don't. they tow. They tow quick if you're in a bus spot. And like, it was St. Patrick's Day. It was like a Thursday. I was at So you had to... You had to ride the Aaron Express around? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got real drunk with uh, <laughs> 20 so year old uh, Drexel kids. But I, uh, so, so many Jaeger bombs, dude. I was fucked up. So you've got your ticket. You toss it in the, the console. I toss maybe, it in the maybe, fucking street, dude. To ma- <laughs> I don't toss it in shit. the street. Yeah. Um, and I, now it said you were going somewhere and you were ditching Kurt? Yeah. I, uh, I go back. I'm with Kurt. I'll uh, I'll hit you up tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I go back to my um, my apartment. All right. So you start to head back to your apartment, Kurt. As you uh, make a break, your phone rings. Mm-hmm. It's an unknown two and five number. Um, but then, like the letters scramble as your phone identifies who it is. Princess Porphyria calling. Whoa. This is some advanced shit. Um, yeah. I, it's I, demonic caller ID. I pick up the phone. I, um, um, master, is this you? Uh, yes, yes, it is. It is I, your master. It's, well, you know who it is. Yeah, what's up, Princess? No, you, you, you know everything. You're so smart. Princess, what's up? What can I do for you? Well, I looked into that. Dirty magazine that you gave. Oh yeah, yeah. Would you? I mean, Rose looked at it a little bit too, but she she wasn't very helpful. I really did all the work. Um, I have some some interesting stuff to tell you about. If you've got some time and you want to come by the escape room, I can fill you in on what I what I've learned. It's some pretty interesting stuff. I am on my way. Demonic motorcycle style. You take you. You can make a demonic septa bus and run your own forty seven. <laughs> you get I mean, on it's eight. You get on eight. Yeah, it's a more tame version of the fifty seven. The demonic forty seven is is the good forty seven. Oh Thank God for this demonic forty seven came by. I didn't want to have to take the regular one. I, I didn't want to ride the regular one with six hundred other people on a bus. Nah, even worse, even worse. I'm summoning the demonic fifty three. Ah! It just immediately bursts into flames. <laughs> it can't even sustain its own presence for more than a moment. Wait, where does the 53 run? Like up like 3rd Street. Okay. Moya Mensing, too. It's annoying that it goes down Moya Mensing. All right, so you summon some demonic transportation, start to head in that way. Carl, you head home thinking, reflecting um, on your night. You've got offers, man. You've got possibilities. Any thoughts before you... Drift off into the night? Yeah. I take anything that's flammable and bottles and I start making Molotov cocktails. <laughs> okay. What is fun? I mean, you siphon the gasoline from your own pickup Yeah. Stuff. Like, I stop and I get some gas at a gas station. Okay. And a gas can. I get a bunch of beer bottles, that, you know, dump them in the drain at the house. And I start, like, I cut up a bed sheet and start making some Molotovs. All right. You start home brewing. Up some uh, incendiary devices. Something's cooking. Something. Something's going down.